Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the found the we have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Good morning. Murder. More and more, we have been hearing how decades-old cases are being solved with familial DNA. It's an exciting time for cold cases and true crime fans. On September 15, 1972, a girl was found murdered on a college campus, and it would take 46 years before her murderer was identified. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Pam Millam was a well-known and well-loved girl, a Hoosier scholar devoted and involved in many clubs and activities at school and church, and a member of the Sigma Kappa sorority. She was an English major at Indiana State University and lived at home with her parents and two sisters, one of which was a freshman at the same school. She was 19 years old when, on September 15, 1972, she left an on-campus rush party for the sorority. She had some supplies from the party, which included a clothesline and tape, and told her fellow sisters that she planned on staying at the sorority suite at Lincoln Quad, but she needed to move her car closer. This was around 11 p.m. 24 hours later, her boyfriend, Dave Smith, came onto campus to pick her up for a date. When he couldn't find her, he checked with her friends. They explained what she said the last time they saw her and told him that her car was still in its parking spot. He found this strange and immediately called her sister. Pam's sister and father went onto the campus to look for her when, after approaching her car, they opened the trunk. The body of Pam Millam was bound and gagged using the clothesline and tape from her decorations. It was believed that she was approached on campus, taken to a wooded location, and assaulted, and then bound and placed in the trunk. There was partial DNA found on her blouse and on the ropes. Initially, Dave Smith was a suspect. He was her boyfriend after all. But he was cleared of any involvement in the crime and went on to serve 31 years as a local police officer. A man named Robert Wayne Austin was suspected and later convicted of abducting other ISU students that November and served 20 years. Police believed he may have been connected to the crime, though no evidence ever led to him, and in 2001, he was cleared via DNA. Ultimately, the case went cold. That was until Detective Sean Keene became the local detective in 2001. When he became chief of detectives in 2008, he divided all of the cold cases out to fellow detectives, but he kept the case of Pam Millam for himself. He was determined to solve the oldest cold case that they had and began to track down the 56 males they interviewed in 1972. That same year, he got a partial DNA profile from the rope used to bind Pam using touch DNA. This led him to familial DNA testing, but at the time, privacy laws prevented him from going any further. 
It wasn't until 2017 when he got another break. He learned about phenotype testing. This is a system of testing that could predict a person's appearance based on DNA. He learned that the suspect was dark-haired, brown eyes, and intermediate to dark skin. He pulled everyone from 1969 to 1974 with any violent or sexual crimes who matched the description. He still had 106 suspects. As science and DNA advanced, more information about Pam's killer was revealed. In 2018, Sean Keen was connected to Parabon Nanolabs. They were able to determine that the suspect was actually blonde with blue or green eyes. It seemed that he was back at ground zero. However, around this time, the lab also submitted a genetic data profile that compared DNA from the crime scene to public genetic genealogy databases and created a family tree of possible relatives. This is when the sons of Jeffrey Lynn Hand, someone who was never a suspect in the murder of Pam Millam, were identified. They were more than willing to be tested and help officers, and it was a match. So, who was Jeffrey Hand? He was, at the time of the murder, a 23-year-old delivery man who traveled all around the Midwest. And, as far as records can figure, he was on or near the ISU campus on the day of the murder. In 1973, he picked up a couple who were hitchhiking, pulled a firearm on them, tied them up, and took them to Posey County to kill them. He was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was released in 1976. By 1978, he was spotted by police trying to abduct a woman. A shootout began and Jeffrey Lynn Hand was killed. The case of the murder of Pam Millam, after 46 years, was not only solved, but her murderer was no longer able to take any other victims. Pam's parents died before the resolution, but her sister was able to thank Sean Keene for all that he did for her family. He never gave up on the cold case, no matter how much time had passed. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 16th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.